Dungeon Cast, the Slap Masters of the Internet. My name is Matt, and joining me today is a very special guest, Matt. <laughs> I feel like making a reference to a stupid joke we made off air before we started recording is the perfect way to build a fan base. Good job. <laughs> I wasn't actually sure if that was going, if you were actually like going along with it, or you were being like, Matt, we need to restart the episode. Yeah, I mean, in fairness, we probably do, but we're not going to. So I don't really feel like it. So hey, welcome everybody. Um, so at, uh, this is of course Koshian Cast. We are on week eight of the spring season, covering all sports anime from May twenty first to the twenty seventh. Um, do we have any announcements for this week, Matt? Uh, only that we're about to have a great time. Okay, fantastic. Um, cool. Well then, if you don't mind, I would like to jump right into Yaomushi Petal. I don't mind. Good. I'm glad. Alright, so this is episode 20 of Yaomushi Petal, the second season, of course. Um, so this is really just about the sprint race between Dobashi, Kaburagi, and, uh, Aoyagi. And Aoyagi is doing his best to be to use his secret technique, which is pedaling like Bambi. Um, and essentially, Dobashi tries to become the hunter of Aoyagi. Um, but Aoyagi eventually his legs start giving out, like just before, like just in like the very final stretch of the sprint. So he manages to convince uh, Kaburagi to take his stead and uh, handle, you know, the final sprint. Uh, Kaburagi initially declines because, again, he's not a sprinter, he's an all-rounder, uh, but eventually Kaburagi convinces him by having a note that... Aoyagi from... convinces him. Yes, that's what I meant to say. Aoyagi convinces him by giving him a special note that was derived from the Soda Gods right. to tell him that he needs to do the final sprint. Uh, he and Dobashi really get into it at the very end, um, and <clears throat> it's a very close match at the very end. And, uh, Kaburagi actually loses, and that's kind of where the episode ends. Yep, that's pretty much it. <laughs> uh, there was not a lot of meat to this episode. No. Um, but I will say that I think this is the most I have enjoyed Yamamushi Petal in a while. Right, but not for the right reasons. No, 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 for all the wrong reasons. Uh, Matt, if you don't mind, can you uh, can you explain what we were discussing before we uh, began recording? Well, yeah. I mean, we have not been high on this season particularly. And part of that has been an outgrowth of our frustration with the character of Kaburagi. We just find him sort of annoying, and he's not very compelling, and we, we don't know why. We've, we, we're, we've gotten to the point where we feel compelled to root against him. Um, and... We were rewarded for that, because uh, <laughs> they, they went down to a photo finish, and it seemed, you know, by the way that Yawapeta constructs these these sort of situations, it seemed like Kaburagi had to win. Because, right. you know, he had managed to keep up with Dobashi's pace uh, the whole time, and sneak up behind him, and help... Uh, you know, he he was able to get pulled by Aoyagi at the very end, and he had just discovered his natural sprinter abilities, and Dobashi was thrown off by all the pressure that Kaburagi was giving off. So there, there were all these, you know, signs that Kaburagi was going to win and show that he's a true, natural, perfect sprinter, or whatever. 
Um, but uh, Dovashi didn't let go. They stayed tight up until the very end. And yeah, they, it took a minute for the officials to figure out who won. But yeah, Dobashi won. And that was, uh, it, it was atypical for this show because they don't Ooh, usually I... set up like, oh, we just, we learned, we worked as a team. Oh, this character just evolved within the match. You know, everything quote unquote interesting that was happening was happening to Kaburagi against Dobashi, uh, but Dobashi still won. And I kind of, I appreciate it when it's a little a little less predictable than usual. Right. Because they have been trying to push Kabaragi so hard um, as, like, a major character, as mm-hmm. being, like, the hinging point of their team, almost. Right. Uh, and the fact that they've gone so far to push him as, like, you know, like, he's gonna be, like, you know, he's their, like, secret trump card. The fact that he's actually lost... Um, that actually calls into question how the rest of this, uh, uh, how the rest of the inner high is going to go. Because, yeah, it's definitely not going to be an easy victory now for uh, Sohoku. Now, one issue that I do have with this is that ultimately these, like, winning these individual sprints or, like, mm-hmm. stretches doesn't really amount to anything in the end. Yeah, it's not like they get points for it. You get a green tag... You get some superiority, you get to intimidate the other teams. So it has an effect, but in terms of, you know, who wins the race, it doesn't have an effect. Right, exactly. It, it feels like it's, like, I don't deny that this is how, like, team racing is done. Right. But it does kind of feel like it's there almost as a construct to give, like, an excuse for the race itself. Well, right. I mean, because if if the show was really focused on... The only thing that matters is which team has an individual cross the final finish line first. Then you wouldn't be able to have all these other breakdown sections with other, you know, focusing on other teammates. If it was literally all about supporting the ace and getting one person to the finish line, you wouldn't have anyone be able to stand out. You know, you wouldn't have these opportunities for all six members to stand out at some point. Right. And for the record, that's not a... Com- I'm not complaining about it, though. It is it is kind of like, eh, the stakes are there. They're not exactly super high. So it, it's kind of one of those incidents where, they can, where uh, the author can kind of create a situation in which it's okay for the main cast to lose. Right. Right. Yeah. Because um, there's no, no real consequences other than people having internal monologues about, how could he beat me? Right, exactly. And I think that's what we're going to get from Co-, Co... Like, the way I see the narrative evolving from this point is two different ways. Either we get a very lengthy, like, internal monologue from Kaburagi about how, like, he's so frustrated that he lost uh, that, you know, he decide You know, this is what drives him to finally accept sprinting. You know, he needs this loss. Mm-hmm. Um, or the second one is that Dobashi's uh, previous comments about how the team is weak are going to come back. Oh, I hope so. Is... I really hope so. Right, Because exactly. I really hated how it felt like that hit a dead end. Right. Yeah, definitely. Because it's like, okay, so Kabiragi does not feel involved with the team, but he seems to have somewhat gotten over that. You know, if this can be his big moment where it's like, you guys were stupid because you put me in as an all-rounder, or, like, you put me in as a sprinter when I have been, you know, decided... When I decided to be an all-rounder. And, and like, you trained to be an all-rounder. 
Right, You know, exactly. specifically, like, I prepared for this for a certain role, and now you're telling me to do something different. And I'm, you know, even if that's my inclination naturally, I don't, I, I am not prepared for it physically. Right, exactly. You know, that, you know, that would be a great time to kind of bring this all around. And <laughs> be... <laughs> you could bring it all around? <laughs> yeah. I can do it on accidentally sometimes. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh... You know, it'd be a great time to kind of bring this plot thread back and, you know, have Kabaragi actually, like, start genuinely doubting this team that he's basically invested so heavily in. Oh, that would be great. I hope they all turn on Kabaragi. Um, but, <laughs> again, we, uh, we we often like to speculate about what great things the plot could do uh, just to set ourselves up for being even more disappointed when it doesn't do that. Um, yeah. So, and again... The, the the kind of show that we find interesting is usually different than the kind of show they're trying to make, you know? We right. we may not be the exact target demo here, which, True. you know, we're getting used to that. Um, there's a, there's a couple <laughs> couple goofy things from this episode I just want to highlight, uh, give, them, give them their moment. Number one, of course, is uh, Human Bullet Bambi style. <laughs> uh, which are words that were said intentionally um, right and it's not like a weird translation where the you know the the english side just wanted to you insert a bambi reference that wasn't there no they say bambi style yeah no you can, can clearly hear it in japanese he, you can he clearly hear them say bambi. all the muscle in his torso um, and concentrates it in his legs because that's how muscles work um and so he makes his legs suddenly enormous and then he can sprint at full speed without concern for anyone else for like 150 right. meters and that's it um it it's it's funny the reasoning he calls it bambi style is because he yeah. wants to be ways fleeing herbivore um <laughs> which yeah it's it's kind of great <laughs> uh, i wanted to actually ask you about that like what do you think about this whole metaphor that they're going for between like predator and prey like about how aoyagi actually like idolizes a herd of herbivore and actually like fleeing from the enemy and like how they're trying to portray dobashi as like this awful predator yeah i mean i i wish i didn't think part of it was for fanfic reasons <laughs> um but also it's just if funny that you know the metaphors that these guys come up independent of one other, another just so happen to work perfectly together. Yeah, there's kind of that aspect. There's also, it's like, it also doesn't really work as a metaphor for me. Just because, like, in racing, you're not trying to actively combat with one another. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, like the, the, the Predator is never gonna, like, catch up to Bambi and then keep running to show Bambi how he's much faster. <laughs> Take that, Bambi. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, no, it's like you're, you're trying to chase somebody down in order to, like, in a different series, like, you know, it's something, you'd kind of use that sort of metaphor for, like... You know, like a more physical contact sport. You yeah, know, like, like if it was tackle, you're right. If it was rugby or football or something, you could see that. Where a running back would be like, oh, I always need to get away. And right. a defensive tackle is like, I always need to catch him because you're going to devour him. And, you know, you end the play by tackling him. So, yeah, in that sense, it makes sense. But, you know, what happens when Dobashi, <laughs> you know, the mountain lion or whatever, 
um, passes his prey, and then then does like Bambi start chasing him? Because because <laughs> if you're still the ultimate herbivore at this point, are you, is the deer chasing the mountain lion? Yeah, I know. You know, it's like I feel like I shouldn't be thinking that heavily about this, but I was watching this and I was just thinking like. I'm getting too caught up on this. Like, this is actively distracting me. Yeah. Um, one one other thing I, I feel like I have to bring up is Kaburagi and his uh, orange soda god. Um, <sighs> so he keeps insisting... So he, he manages to capture up to Aoyagi, and Aoyagi's like, Hey, I'm exhausted. I need you to, to sprint because you're in better condition than me. I You need to take the... You know, you need to take the tag and Kaburagi insists like he refuses he will not do it because he's not a sprinter so he's convinced he can't and um Aoyagi says like oh well don't you do do you believe in god right and by god he's referring to this stupid orange soda kami that he tricked him into believing in and he's like and Kaburagi responds where's god I don't see a vending machine uh, and Aoyagi pulls out a note that he wrote, and in that moment, uh, Kaburagi realizes that it wasn't Orange Soda telling him how to bike better, it was another biker. <laughs> you know? Like, because of course it was. And uh, then he immediately decides, okay, because Aoyagi told me to, I'll sprint. And Aoyagi is the Orange Soda god. Um... So one one thing that and there's not really much to say about it other than it's dumb, right? But one thing I did like was your theory that because they spent so much time talking back and forth and like passing notes to each other in the final 300 <laughs> meters of a sprint and like having a conversation about theology, that that lost time was what cost Kaburagi the race. <laughs> it's that hesitance. It's the hesitance that cost him the race yeah. in the very end. That's the only excuse i can think of it's just it blows me away that they passed notes to each other with right meters like on the racetrack like at the very end when they're supposed to they're they're desperately trying to catch up to dobashi like if he looked behind him he would just see them like looking at notes and talking about orange soda and he'd be like <laughs> what is happening back there it's like are they even taking this seriously and it's like and i think that's what also gets me about this is that Kaburagi is still insisting on doing this at, like, this critical a moment mm-hmm. in the yeah, race. Yeah, I get that he's, he's supposed to be stupid and, like, charmingly stupid, but that's... Right. No one would do that. If he's a real competitor, he would just... He would understand, like, hey, you work with your team, and if they need you to do something, you do it. Right. He, how, how stupid is he supposed to be? Right, exactly. Like, I think you could still write this. Like, you can use, like, this orange soda god thing, you know, initially as a joke. Just, a, you know, kind of a, an excuse Kaburagi gives for why he's not, like, ta- basically asserting himself at this point. You know, kind of, kind of as a, uh, kind of like to go into, like, his nerves. You know, it's like, he's using this orange god thing, like, as an excuse because he's too nervous to actually, like, take responsibility for himself. Mm-hmm. Like, you can do that, and I think you can make that kind of interesting. But the series is genuinely trying to make us believe that this idiot actually believes in an orange soda god. And yeah. that's what, and because it hasn't told him to actually, like, race to yeah, forward. Yeah, because there's no vending machine here that can tell me what to do. I can't do anything. Right. Yeah. Side note, before I move on, uh, I just thought about 
it is kind of funny that he uh, worships orange soda and Dobashi just calls him Orange. Uh, like, that's his name. I don't know if that's intentional or just I'm thinking too much about this show. <laughs> Probably both. Um, I think we should move on to a, a somewhat better show, Big Wind Up. Please, by all means. Alright, so the Nishiura has wrapped up the training camp. And they were told that, you know, they still had to go to practice the next day. So Mahashi wakes up, he goes to practice. Um... And they do some meditation before uh, they get going. And that helps them, you know, practice learning how to focus. And they, they, they practice a little bit, but apparently the goal for that day is Momoe decides that they are going to go to a an inter-high game. So they're going to go watch a game. It's like a, a semi-final game for the prefecture. So the top eight teams are left. And they're just going to go watch. Uh, they, they find out that uh, Musashino is one of the teams playing. And Abe really doesn't want to go watch because his former pitcher, the, the, the guy he used to play with, is one of the pitchers for Musashino. Um, they spend a lot of the episode talking about this, this character, Haruna, who is apparently one of the better pitchers in the prefecture. Um but a lot of people have ideas about him because he he refuses to go in to pitch until the fourth inning and he refuses to pitch more than 80 pitches per game and a lot of people are theorizing that like oh he's not a team player or he's only there to impress the scouts and he doesn't care about anybody else um but you also see some interactions where he's out there supporting the other pitchers and talking to people uh, while also yelling at Abe and calling him names. So, <laughs> uh, by by the end of the episode, uh, Musashino, Haru and his team, has given up a couple runs, um, but they still seem reasonably confident, and uh, Mihashi has been worried that Abe is only comparing how bad he is to how good uh, Haruna is. Right. Cool. So... I, the major thing I wanted to touch on in this episode is about the relationship between Haruna and, like, basically all of the other teams, and then uh, in comparison to his own team. Mm-hmm. Uh, something that was actually kind of annoying me just a little bit when, you know, when we were getting into this is how everybody was talking about, it's like, oh, you know, he's got, like, a low, you know, he keeps such a low pitch count. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, just real quick, for anybody who doesn't know, in baseball, a lot of younger athletes try and, like, they try not to throw so many pitches because they don't want to wear out their arm. Yeah, it can cause, like, lasting elbow or shoulder damage to pitch right. too too often. Right, exactly. And especially if they're trying to be... If they're getting scouted by other schools, they don't want to blow out their uh, their mm-hmm. arm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what was kind of... What kind of irritated me about this was that it, it kind of felt like it was getting into that whole... Like, oh, you know, he's not a real team player because, you know, he only works for himself. You know, he's like, he's only really playing for himself. Mm-hmm. How dare he take care of his body? He's right. so selfish. And, and, and I felt like it was it was trying to kind of support that same narrative that we see in a yeah. lot of sports anime. Mm-hmm. But what I liked about it, it, it kind of turned around on you. Mm-hmm. Because what it did show 
after all that discussion, is Haruna talking with, like, their uh, their starting pitcher, who, yeah. uh, Kageyama, I think is yeah. his name? Yes, that's correct. And, uh, you know, he talks to him, he's like, hey, you did a great job out there, man. He's like, yeah, that it's, and, like, Kageyama genuinely tells him, like, yeah, man, like, I wouldn't be able to pitch out here if it wasn't for you, like, because we can rely on you to kind of pick up at the slack at the end there, like... I can actually go all out, like, right at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, you actually give me an opportunity to pitch because I know I can't, like, deal with the pressure of, like, dealing with, like, the remaining innings. Yeah, exactly. He's And effectively what he says is, I can pitch pretty well for three innings, but I'm not very good if I have to pace myself in order to try and pitch seven innings or nine innings. Right. Um, and Harun is super supportive of that. And, he, and so... I, I I agree with you. That was very encouraging because I really didn't want this show to go down the road of critiquing people who try to protect their own health. Right, exactly. And it was like, and what I really appreciate uh, about that as well is like, look, you can make judgments from the outside, but, you know, the, he's actually, like, this situation is working for the team, for pretty much everybody on the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, they don't mind that Haruna wants to keep his pitch count down because it works out for them just as much as it works out for him. Well, yeah, and that's the thing. There's this supposition. Okay, I'll, I'll actually take it back. One thing I liked about it looking in retrospect is that the only people critiquing Haruna's approach were other high school students. Right. So they didn't show adults, you know, cri- criticizing Haruna, really. Um, they didn't have them saying, oh, he's not a team player. It was just his peers who were saying, like, oh, why would he do that? How did he do that? So where I hope this is going, and I legitimately don't remember any of this, um, (laughs) where I hope this is going is saying the adults can sort of validate that this is a good strategy in order to, you know, hey, you rely on someone else to pitch. There's no... There's no reason to believe, if, if Haruna is such a fastball pitcher, there's no reason to believe that he'd be as effective over nine innings as he would be over six innings. So the fact that he limits himself in that way probably is part of what makes him as effective as he is. Right. I think a lot of times kids will watch someone play really well, and they will get indignant when that person isn't playing, you know, when they're on the bench for whatever reason. Right. Um, because it's hard to imagine, even other athletes sometimes will say, it, it's hard for them to imagine why he wouldn't just play all the time when he's so good. But, you know, the only reason he can be so good is because he doesn't play all the time. Right, you know, he needs the opportunity to rest. Like, he can only mm-hmm. go for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I really appreciated that the series kind of brought that mentality up and then kind of almost shot it down immediately without just outright... Well, saying it. And I don't think they could, they, they haven't shut it down yet. Right. Um, in this episode, just, you know, because they've only done the first couple innings, they haven't actually seen the end of the game yet. I don't think, you know, they haven't shut down the idea yet. Right now, all the show has done is it's presented both sides. Right. Um, so it said, like, the other teams criticize him for this. Uh, his own team is fine with it. And then you get to see... You know, we'll get to see in the next few episodes who's right. Right. Um, And I think one of the ways that it kind of... It sort of initially leads you to be on the side of everybody else is because of his former relationship with Abe. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because we initially, you know, we're we're pretty much sympathetic of Abe. Yeah, exactly. Uh, We're like, how could Abe judge this guy incorrectly? 
Right, exactly. It's like, no, this guy's a jerk, like, because he was he was apparently trying to force him into doing something he didn't want to do. Uh, he was trying to force him into his own play style. You know, Abe resents him for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, in the, you know, you kind of assume, okay, yeah, so this guy is going to be the evil player. But then, like, it turns it around. It's like, no, this guy actually gets along pretty well with his own team. Like, he doesn't seem to have a problem with his, with his current catcher is all. So it yeah, seems that... Yeah, he, everyone on his team likes him. Right, exactly. <laughs> it's like, it's only Abe that seems to really resent him. Um, yeah. What I also really appreciate about that moment is that it also kind of gave a... Sh- it gave just a brief moment to kind of... Uh, not really cure, but sort of sort of remove the stipulation we may have in our minds about Momoe having coach sense. Uh, so, for example, like, she, t- you know... She oh, takes, yeah, totally. Uh, because, you know, she takes them all to see this game, and, you know, Abe is just very adamant, like, I really didn't want to be here, I just wanted to go see the finals. And Momoe just assumes, okay, so he does, you know, he only has the big picture in mind. You know, he's not thinking from game to game, we're going to need to work on that. And then there's this moment where she sees, uh, you know, Harna, like, calling out Abe and, like, almost harassing him. And she realizes, oh, that's why he didn't want to come here. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't realize that. And it yeah. shows, okay, it, Momoe has to kind of grow, too. Well, right, and it shouldn't, it shouldn't be that impressive that the coach learned something in a show. But there's so many of these sports anime where either the coach or the captain, depending on who the focus is on never learns anything, has right. perfect intuition, always makes the right judgment, never makes mistakes, never learns anything. And I like that even, you know, early in the show, we're about a third of the way through uh, the first the first show. And, right. uh, and e- even this sh- far in, she's learning stuff. And so, yeah, I, I just want to validate that I also liked that, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. Um... um. You want to talk about something you you also liked? We also sure, liked. Someone of. liked. <laughs> we're sure there, somebody in got which enjoyment. in which some things were likable. Good. Okay, Nailed it. To, Encouragement of climb. I was gonna. <laughs> I was gonna say I'm gonna have to discourage this line of thought. In oh, <laughs> excellent! <laughs> excellent. <Thank you. laughs> cool. So anyway, Encouragement of Klein, season two, episode seven and eight. Um. Episode 7 did not have a lot of meat to it. It was basically the girls want to go swimming uh, in a in the Ozma Gorge, which is apparently not too far from where they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's uh, much ado made about trying to find a cute swimsuit for Aoi. Uh, but and whenever they try and go out to the gorge, something gets in the way, like there's a typhoon, somebody gets sick, uh, or it's just too cold. Yeah. Um, at the very end of the episode, they decide to just say, screw it, let's just go swim in our... Ba- let's just go swim in our kiddie pool in uh, Hinata's yard. Yeah. Uh, and then episode 8 is really where more of the meat is, where Aoi... Um, or they're finally getting ready for their trip to Mount Fuji. And uh, Kaede, you know, she kind of go, you know, kind of explains, like, okay, so this is what you need to, get, need to do to get ready. Uh, Aoi starts getting really nervous about the trip... But rather than keep it to herself, which is what she is tempted to do, she instead decides to discuss it with the group. And pretty much everybody lets her know, like, hey, it's okay. You can be nervous. It's fine. We are too, actually. And Kaede goes kind of a step further and explains to her, it's like, yeah, you know what? I used to make careless uh, climbing trips all the time. Like, but you know what? That's how you learn. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to feel... Pr- if you feel like you're getting into a dangerous situation, turn around. It's fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and then the episode ends with them getting to Mount Fuji. Right, yeah, they, they're just starting off the trip. Right? Yes, yeah. correct. Um, so, again, like, like you mentioned, episode 7, nothing was really accomplished. Um, right. Unfortunately, it's one of those where you feel like it existed largely in order to put out the character designs of the entire cast in swimsuits. Right. Um, which we uh, did, did not need more of. Well, go ahead. I just wanted to say, I, I do kind of appreciate that for for an episode that was based around getting them into swimsuits, they spent relatively little time in them. Yeah, it was only at the very end. It was only at and the very they, end. And, like, you know, there was nothing too ogly about it. You know, I, the, the they had some shots when they first appeared in their swimsuits where they were, like, blushing, which I didn't love. <laughs> um... Just be, yeah, cause like like I said, it was a little ogly, but overall, right. the, it wasn't really a focus. And um, after all the talk of everyone getting cute swimsuits, Hanada just wore her school swimsuit, right? Uh, with the statement being that, well, you know, it's cute on me, and <laughs> so I don't know. It was yeah. it was it, it could have been much more unpleasant. Which really, every episode with encouragement to climb, where they do something where it feels a little tropey. And right. a little bit like, oh, you know, cute girls, look look at these cute girls, guys. Um, it's never as bad as it could be, you know? Yeah, that's kind of our, that is, that is our relief about this show, is that they keep those moments, uh, like, wistfully brief. Right, yeah, they keep, they keep themselves in check. It, it doesn't get gross, you yeah, know, so generally. far, anyway. Yeah, um, but episode eight, there was a lot interesting, I thought. Uh-huh. Um, so one of the major things that I really liked about this was actually at the very beginning of the episode when Kayade is talking to them about, like, their nutrition for when they go on the trip. Because they're like, you know, we don't want to eat too much because we don't want to get fat. Right. And Hinata is even like, yeah, you know, I was planning on using it as kind of a diet excuse. And Kayade is like, no, don't do that. Mm-hmm. She just flat out says, that is a stupid idea. Yeah. Like, in order to actually, like, build up your body, you need to eat and you need to work out. So you mm-hmm. need to get, like, tons of calories before you go up there. Mm-hmm. Or, like, or you need to make sure you are eating as you are there. What I like about that is that um, anorexia is a real problem in Japan. And America. Uh, but, and America. Yeah. But, it, like, in specifically, like, specifically in Japan, because, right. like, there is, like, a genuine, like, concern about girls and, and guys as well. Like, specifically not eating enough. Like, you get... Like, it's not uncommon to see, like, full-grown women who are only about, like, in the 100-pound range, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, And so what I appreciated about that is that it had a very no-nonsense approach to that. It's like, look, no, that is a stupid idea. Do not starve yourself just to make yourself look better. Like, if you want to actually get a good body, this is what you need to do. Well, yeah, and so the line she used was, it's not cute to lose weight unhealthily. Yeah. Um and I just I just like that because Kaede is basically the authority figure in this show. Right. And you know, insofar as this show is targeted at girls, it was trying to, you know, it's tr- at least is trying to promote positive body image and like healthy right. habits. And I, I kind of hate to say it like this, but because Kaede is kind of supposed to be the mo- have the more mature body shape, mm-hmm. you know, it does have a bit more weight coming from her. Yeah, exactly. As well. Yeah. Um, like, because they even mentioned that's like, well, I mean, you clearly know what you're talking about because you have, you know, you're the most 
fit out of all of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's like, okay, good. I'm glad that we had this discussion that, you know, mm-hmm. we shouldn't be starving ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and why not just put it out there? Yeah, know? exactly. Um, the other thing I really liked about this episode was that there was kind of this... Mo- Again, there's kind of this tendency... There's a... Uh, this is something I've learned in some of my Japanese lessons that I've been taking. So, in like, in the U.S., we kind of follow the golden rule, you know, do unto others as you do unto you. Mm-hmm. Japan has a saying that's, like, exactly the opposite that roughly amounts to don't do unto others what you wouldn't want done to you. Yeah. Um. So, you kind of see that in this episode with Aoi because she doesn't want to bother her friends. Yeah, with, right, about right, her right, nerves. right, right. Uh, but she kind of, at the very end, like, rather than punking away from that and being like, oh, you know, I don't want to, like, inconvenience them. No, she kind of decides in the end, no, these are my friends. I'm going to talk to them about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so she she just comes out and says, hey, to be honest, I'm worried about climbing Mount Fuji and I'm not sure if I can do it. And Hinata and Kokona basically say, oh my gosh, I've been thinking the exact same thing. <laughs> <laughs> like, thank you for saying something. Yeah. But we, sh- we will be okay. You know, I also appreciate, you know, later on, she, because Kaede isn't there, The her discussion right. with Kaede comes a little later. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, she actually calls her up at night, and Kaede it just immediately understands, like, you're nervous about the trip tomorrow, aren't you? That's why you're calling this late. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I kind of appreciate that they go through and they say, look, don't put yourself in a dangerous situation, okay? Mm-hmm. If you are in danger, you turn around. Do not stick it through. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and, and what I like... What I like about that is saying, I want to do this, I think we should do it, but it's not the most important thing. Right. And if we don't finish the trip tomorrow, that's okay. We can come back later and do it again. Right. Uh, and I, I like, all too often, sports anime, they will focus so much on the single event they're doing. You know, like, oh, this, is, this practice game, we have to win no matter what, or whatever. Right. And they lose focus on the big picture and what's really important um and encouragement to climb refuses to do that you know they they insist on saying okay you know your long-term health and um that's that's the most important thing and everything else we can just come back and do it later right because even like so for other shows of the of its ilk like, mm-hmm. I feel like we never really got that lesson from, I guess. Yeah, you mean, like, other shows that are focused on, like, you know, cute girls doing sports together or whatever. Right, essentially, um, yeah. Like Minami Kamakura or Long Riders. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you never, you never got any sense of perspective that other things are more important than this exact activity we're doing together right now. Right. Like... It's all about making the memory, I guess, is the focus on that. And whereas in this, it's like, no, the focus, you know, you are doing this to better yourself, but, you know, just have some perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, I do too. I, I don't think it's, like, the most entertaining show we've ever seen, but, you know, just as it has just enough character development and just enough uh, growth that it maintains it to be slightly interesting, I guess. Yeah, um, and and I think for me it's more interesting in comparison to the genre, you know, right. of the the girls sports anime, whatever, <laughs> um, which we're we're learning is very different, unfortunately, from a guy, you know, a right. male a male centered sports anime for the most part. Um, and so in in that in that sense, the things it doesn't do and the things it chooses to say out loud are are what's really interesting. Pretty much. So yeah. All right. Cool. 
So, um, we are probably going to end this episode with Tiger Mask? Right, but it hasn't come out yet, so we might have to come back and record that later. So, bye for now. (laughs) (laughs) And welcome back to Koshian Cast. You probably didn't know you were gone, but we had to (laughs) take a break in recording because uh, we recorded this morning and we weren't quite sure whether or not Tiger Mask was going to be released today. Uh, Right. Turns out it was. So we're coming back for round two uh, with Tiger Mask episode uh, 33, and it is something else. So I'm just going to (laughs) dive right in if that's okay with you. Please. Um, So it starts off, uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling is basically on a winning streak in Final Wars against GWM, and uh, Miss X assures everyone that it's nothing to worry about because they're bringing in the Assassins. Who are these Assassins? Well, Mr. X comes from, you know, their evil base in Seattle uh, to, (laughs) (laughs) uh, to bring two new wrestlers... Uh, named Tiger the Black and Big Tiger the Second. Um, so, you know, Tiger the Black, his name fits because, and this is unfortunate, he's black. Um, uh, yeah. And Big Tiger the Second, his name doesn't fit because he's not that big. Anyway, these are the second incarnations of some wrestlers that fought in the old days. Um, and they... Uh, uh, but in the old days, Tiger the Black and Big Tiger uh, killed each other in the ring. But here they are. Um, <laughs> so they get matched up with uh, Nagata and Tiger Mask uh, against Tiger the Black and Big Tiger. Um, it goes about how you'd expect when two assassins are on the same team, and they don't really give Tiger Mask and Nagata a break. Uh, they break Nagata's ribs and uh win pretty decisively um towards the end of the episode takuma is uh he asks to go to naoto's training center um in order to get back in shape uh but takaoka makes him swear off tiger's den forever and he says okay uh ruri brings him there and it's weirdly awkward for Naoto, but then they get down to man business and start uh, groping each other in the ring. (laughs) So, you don't really get this when, you know, you're hearing us talk about it. This episode's animation was all over the place. Mm -hmm. Yeah, even for Tiger Mask, it was... Even for Tiger Mask, this was, like, I... It was incredibly, like... I, I don't know. They had must have had, like, a completely different animation director on this or something. Yeah. Because a lot of the motions were so... Um, like, they seemed like they were kind of weirdly natural, but they were making... But they were doing weird things while doing it. Like, for, like you alluded to there about, like, the groping at the end... Like, I, I don't know really what that was that they were doing at the end. They were kind of, like, shimmying up against one another. Yeah. But the weird part about that was that, like, you could definitely tell that they were making motions. Yeah, it was but... it was supposed to be, like, if you had no budget and you could only animate three frames and play them on a loop, 
how would you animate wrestling? Well, you just have them, like, interlock arms and then bounce off each other over and over. So they just did that for a while. Right. And it's just, I just, I don't know what to make of this. There's this another incident where Ruri falls over, and Takuma is weirdly, like, very fluidly animated, like, 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 swooping down to pick her up. Yeah. Um, and I think one of the weird things about that is that Tiger Mask does not really, like, like, they kind of rely on a lot of quick cuts to make suggestions during their animation so that, you know, they can kind of get away with having a lower, um, like, kind of, like, a lower budget. Mm-hmm. But when they stick in the frame for so long for, like, the animation, it's just, it looks weird. Yeah, it looks like a different show. Right, exactly. And that, like, I don't know what was going on here. Um, other than that... You know, watching Tiger Mask, I think, has become akin to eating, like, dinner with, like, your old grandparents. And that you're, like, any time that... I prefer my new grandparents, I have to say, but... (laughs) It's just, any time that they have a character on who's of a different race, I'm just sitting there praying that they're not gonna say something offensive. Yeah, and you know... It doesn't always work out. <laughs> In their defense, outside of the fact that they have a they have a black man who goes by Tiger the Black, he was otherwise like pretty normal. Yeah, th- yeah. there wasn't anything too bad, except for the fact but that he, he was like enormous, right? And it's like uh, just uh, okay. Just uh, there, I, there was this when we were watching it. There was this very collective groan we had where we were like. Oh no, are they going to do this? Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing the thing that I have to wonder is even the characters in universe acknowledge how strange it is that there's like six different wrestlers with tiger masks who right. have tiger in their name. Um and we get it. So yeah, it's the tiger's den, yada yada. But why is that the thing? You know, I get that it <laughs> is the thing. But in this universe, no one's offered any explanation as to why specifically do all the best wrestlers have to have tiger masks. You know, this was something I was thinking about, not necessarily with the tiger masks, but actually with the design of the miracles. And it kind of plays into that. So the whole idea about global monopoly is, you know, they're swooping in and they're picking up all the really talented wrestlers, right? Right. Uh, you know, they're kind of, they're eating up the creativity. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, or, you know, that sort of uh, style. So, it, it seems almost reflective of a corporate, like, almost of, like, corporate branding. Where they're trying to reclaim the tiger mask almost as their own. Um, and so when they're doing this, so they have all, they've effectively transformed tiger mask from being, you know, the sort of, like, small hometown hero... Into being part of their corporate image. Yeah, he's just another tiger. And Yeah, exactly. And he's just another tiger that's just been thrown into the mix. Um, I, I don't know if that's quite what they were going for. Or if they were just getting lazy and didn't want to have to, like, make up, like, new designs. Well, I mean, we could say that about King Tiger. Because he was truly the laziest character design. Um, right. But these are unique you know you the 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 character designs for these guys are pretty distinct from naoto's true 
they, I mean, the only difference is that they, you know, the only real similarity is that they wear the tiger mask. And even the second even has, like, at least, like, a scar over the, uh, the tiger, yeah. like, one of his eyes. Right. Um... Which honestly seems like a really terrible idea for a mask. That, like, yeah, I mean, my my only guess with that is that he actually does only have one eye. Oh, you know, that's a fair so point. he makes the mask match his face. But then again, if that's not true, I agree. Like, why would you not have visibility? You know, right? It's already. I imagine it's already difficult enough to fight with a mask on. <laughs> true enough. So yeah, I, I don't know. That that was kind of my thought of what they were trying to go for, showing how global monopoly is kind of like, is sort of like transforming the, what the tiger truly means, like what the tiger mask truly means to sort of fit into their own image and so that they can, so that they themselves can like manipulate how it's interpretive. Yeah. Unfortunately, I also don't give tiger mask enough credit to actually like have that level of insight. Well, yeah, and the thing is... I'll... Like, almost all of these characters are just reincarnations of characters from the original anime. Right. Um, so these are both... So so it's not as if, like, the world progressed and they created these tigers in response to the original one. Like, all these other tigers were in the original Tiger's Den, right. too. Um, I and will, so I will that... say that it is kind of impressively dark for a children's show from the 80s to have two <laughs> characters kill each other in the ring with screwdrivers like right like that's almost that's like so brutal yeah I'm, I'm i'm not impressed like i would be very uncomfortable if my child just suddenly saw people kill each other with a screwdriver but like it's kind of it, that, that threw me off i'm like <laughs> you know what <laughs> is this world like you know right anyway but um, before we, uh, finish up, there is one more thing I wanted to discuss. It's something we've sort of, like, uh, sort of poked fun at, but th this episode kind of brought it more to the forefront, which was how the, uh, the series is very insistent now on pushing this Rory-Takuma pairing. Yeah. Um, and I just wanted to point out something about, so, like, every character has to mention, like, oh, these two look really good together, or, oh, is there something going on between these two? Mm -hmm. it, why has nobody just mentioned, yeah, or, like, why has nobody noticed that, like, yeah, Rory's his nurse, of course. Yeah, exactly. She's gonna be... Why are <laughs> they spending that... so much time together? It's like, well, she's employed by him, so <laughs> that's a factor. And, I mean, I, I would get it if she was doing more for him beyond just his normal rehabilitation. Uh -huh. um, like, you know, maybe they can have some, like, quick asides, you know, some sort of, like, weird flirtatious dialogue yeah, or something like that. Yeah, they've got nothing. Literally all they ever do on screen together is talk about his rehabilitation. Right, exactly. But it's like, oh, she seems overly concerned about him. <laughs> well, yeah, she's a medical practitioner. Yeah, it's her job. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's so good uh, it's really bad um but i think overall the fight in this episode was at least fun to watch i guess yeah it was it was fun there were some unique moments there were some big hits i mean it wasn't well animated even for tiger mask but the setup of people getting knocked out flipped over tagging out like that that was actually kind of fun so it was a little less repetitive than it could have been right we at least had some choreography going on here which is always appreciated yeah i mean 
the the bar is set pretty low for these fights so for it to get any reaction <laughs> out of me i think is a good thing and it, right. it definitely did there were a couple moments where i burst out laughing just because of how unexpected and absurd it was Right, well, because literally any time they tried to run back into, like, any time that uh, Tiger Mask and, uh, I'm sorry, who was the... Nagata? Yeah, Nagata. Any time that they ran back into the ring, any time they tagged out, they would just get immediately shut down by uh, Tiger the Black. Right. Um, but, anyway. Yeah, the, the last thing I, I want to say about this before we uh, wrap up is how weird it is that there's this whole thing with GWM of not revealing their backstories or not revealing their full names like they have this argument at a press conference when um so big tiger the second he's just introduced as the second and they're like <laughs> and a pre you know one of the reporters is like wait so if you're the second does that mean that you're like the second generation and they're like what why would you say that how do you, you know? like well why would you name him the second if you didn't want people asking who was the first um, right and not only that but he's already walking out there in the tiger mask and then he's like yes my full name is tiger the big tiger the second right it's like and it's the same the mask as big tiger the first so i mean if anyone did any research they'd be like oh well <laughs> what else would he be like why why is it a big reveal that the third is tiger the great the third when he wears the old tiger the great's mask right like how how are you surprised by this um so that's funny and it, it just it's strange to me because most of how wrestling succeeds you know in in the real world is by establishing narratives you know they have all these narratives for these big fights and these characters People aren't there simply for the the fight itself, just to see an athletic display. They want to get, you know, there there needs to be some connection to the plot. So for them to say, oh, they have no backstory. They just have a weight and a height and nothing else matters. Like, that's... for How could they become a wrestling monopoly without indulging in the fundamental tropes of professional wrestling? Right. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's not because right. they're evil. That's that's right, as much logic as this has. So, yeah, essentially. And uh, luckily, we're not evil, so we won't force anyone to uh, listen to more discussion of Tiger Mask. Uh, I think <laughs> we will just wrap it up for the week. Yes, I do appreciate that. Um, we, of course, thank you for listening. All right, see you next week. Bye bye. Our logo design is by James Ratcliffe. The theme music is Fly High by Burnout Syndromes, covered and performed by Luke Bartka. You can follow Koshiancast on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter, and our email is koshiancast at gmail.com. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. We will be back next week with the best and worst from the world of sports anime, and until then, keep training. Keep training.